Okay, here we go. Everybody say it. The word of God is truth. If I live the word, I will be blessed. If I don't, I won't. It's just that simple. You can be seated. Hallelujah. You know, um, I, I found this article. Actually, my husband did. He's been in a cleaning mode, and uh, he's been cleaning, cleaning, cleaning. It's just wonderful uh, at our house, except that we still have a lot of tables filled with a lot of stuff that, you know, he gets it all out and then he has to go through it all individually. And, uh, but he found this charisma that, uh, years ago I was with Sharon Doherty down in, uh, Louisiana and it was a meeting. It was years ago. Uh, president Reagan's, one of the women that worked with president Reagan was there. And I cannot remember what her position was, but she was there. This lady named Fuchsia Pickett was there and uh, I was just a companion. I was just with Sharon so that somebody could travel with her. And uh, so I wasn't, you know, a part actually of being invited to the meeting. I was just there. But I believe I was there by divine appointment. And uh, I was sitting next to Sharon. And this woman got up to speak. And when she spoke, uh, it just, it was like the spirit of God had come in the room. I had never heard someone really um with a prophetic anointing like this woman speak. Uh, and I, you know, I was there in Tulsa with Brother Roberts, Kenneth Hagin, and all those. But this woman, uh, you could tell that she lived her life in the presence of God. Well, I would tell people what I heard, but uh, because it was just, it was a life-changing thing for me in that meeting. And uh, later in Charisma, they wrote and they put the article in that tells what she saw that she told us, and I want to read it to you today because, you know, um, we sing that song, show me your glory, show us your glory. Um, it says she was a Bible teacher for decades, and then eventually she became a preacher. She said she didn't know if she was supposed to be, but God told her to be, and so she just went ahead and did it. But it says Fuchsia Pickett first heard the sound of the rushing waters in 1963. That year, in a supernatural vision that changed her life, God showed her the construction in progress of a huge hydroelectric plant. Above the giant power plant stood the Lord Jesus. And while Jesus held the plant in his hands, it also appeared that he was being poured through the plant like water, rushing down into the church and out to the world. You know, I have always seen this fire with you know, coming through the water, just, I see it. It's like a rushing river river. That's why the song resurrection river that we wrote and we made a CD about that. And, uh, and so she saw this water for several weeks after the vision, she actually heard the continuous sound of the rushing waters in her ears. Finally, she prayed, father, if it please you take this sound away from my ears and turn it inside but let me continue to hear the river of your living word and then says since that time she recognized the sound of the supernatural waters running in many of the churches in which she ministered in the united states and around the world well then later uh, she wasn't a a spirit-filled tongue-talking christian Uh, she ended up in a meeting in a pentecostal church and in that meeting uh, God asked her, you know, she she was had been ill, she was uh, something something was wrong, and when she came into that meeting, um, they couldn't help her medically, but God healed her in that meeting, and when He healed her, He said, because she said she watched it all, but she wasn't sure about all of it, but God said, "Are you willing to become like these people to show my glory?" And she said, "Yes." 
And from that time on, this is about four years later, reflecting the glory, she says, for four years later, while ministering in a church in uh, Oregon, Fuchsia saw a vision of the hydroelectric power plant, showing her how God planned to network churches together and pour out his spirit in revival. And she said in the meeting I was in, one day it'll be just God pulls the switch and that power will shoot through all those churches that are willing to allow that kind of power to work in their midst. And we are one of those churches. I was sitting next to Pastor Sharon and I looked over and I, I said to her, I believe victory is one of those churches. And she just smiled. And instantly God said to me, you will have one of those churches. At that time, my husband had said, we will never leave Pastor Billy, Joe, and Sharon. So, you know, it took a minute for that to compute in my head. But it, it isn't anything to do with size. It has to do with anointing. Everybody say anointing. Where the power of the Holy Spirit is allowed to move without fear of what somebody might think or say. You know, over the years, it used to be... Um, Sometimes, you know, when I'd be praying for people and people be falling all over and someone said to me, you know, you probably don't want to do that because, you know, we, we want young people to come to the church. And, you know, that's a little weird. And I've had people tell me it's a little weird. I thought the young people are looking for the power and God will show people the power and he will show them the anointing. And I, I believe that this this series, God's elected officials and all the things God's taught us this year, God told me this will be your year of fulfillment. I have believed forever to see that the Spirit of God is going to move in such a way that everybody's going to know that God is God. There isn't going to be, it isn't going to be because of, of Trump. It's not going to be because of Clinton. It's not going to be because of anybody in the White House, in the Senate, in the House of Representatives. It's going to be because God showed up in the midst of all of it. And when God shows up, things change. They do change. And so uh, we are facing a real desperate time, I believe, in our nation. But that desperation to me is only an encouragement that what this woman prophesied, what I heard that day in that meeting years and years ago is going to happen. We are going to see it. We are going to get to see this water, this outpouring of God's spirit in the earth like never before. And so I'm looking forward to what God's going to do. But I also know God said, you have to understand who you are and you have to understand you have an adversary. Everybody say an adversary. And if anything today, um, deception is very much prevalent in our nation. And so today we're going to talk about that. Um, my husband has started a series on Wednesday night. We're teaching on the word, the importance of the word. And, you know, people say, well, you know, I've heard that before, so I, I don't need to be there. Do you know, every time you hear the word of God, it solidifies what's already in you even more. And it's good to hear it over and over and over and over and over. And that's not just because I'm older and sometimes I can't remember. It's because the word of God produces life. It produces life. And uh, several years ago... Um, Pastor Sharon, in 1990, this is when she wrote this book, and um, I've read through parts of it, but I had never read the whole thing. I read it the other day in a couple hours. It's not a hard book to read, $9 in the bookstore. If you, if you want to really be enlightened to what's going on and not by the television and not by what the world's saying, this book will show you exactly what people are now doing and feeling like they're right. Everybody say, thinking they're right. You know, and, and I'm telling you, deception cannot be convinced that they're wrong. Con deception is a total blindness that cannot be talked out 
of someone. And this is what she heard one night in January 1990. I was suddenly awakened from a sound sleep. It was 2.37 a.m. on our clock. I sat up in bed, and inside my spirit, I heard a strong voice say to me, you've wondered how the elect, everybody say the elect. Now, that's what we're talking about these last three weeks, the elect, which would be the church, the people of God. The elect or strong Christians could become deceived, and I'm going to tell you, they will become slack in pursuing me in my word daily, in daily prayer time, in walking in right relatedness with others, and in giving out of their lives. Would you put those four things up for me, please, Christine? These are the four things in pursuing me in my word daily. So when my husband said to me, um, he didn't know exactly what I was preaching, but he said, I feel like we need to teach and share on Wednesday nights on the word, the importance of the word and why we need to be in the word as believers in daily prayer time in walking in right relatedness. That's what we just talked about. Relationships, relationships between us in our families, in our workplace uh, with others, uh, with people in authority. Uh, this book, um, she talks a lot about pride, and we're going to talk about that today. Our world, because of self, everybody say self. Self and selfishness promotes pride. It, it promotes that spirit of, I know what I know, and that's all I need to know. Amen? <laughs> now, that's a simple definition of pride. But a prideful person, they're not teachable. You, you cannot share with them anything because they think, well, you know, I know just a little bit more than that. Or you just don't understand what God told me. Do you know God is a God of unity and harmony? And so God will speak the same thing to all people about a certain situation if everybody's on the same channel. And oftentimes, uh, I entitled this message, Needy Seeds. Everybody say Needy Seeds. I was praying in the park and... Um, I felt like God gave this to me that that people who get into deception get into deception because of needy seeds. There's needy things in them. Or have you ever heard somebody say they are really needy? You know, it's a but the Bible says, what does the Bible say in Philippians? It says in chapter four, verse 19, my God shall supply all my, all my, all my, according to his riches in glory in Christ Jesus but the need for in whatever area of people's lives uh, is rooted really in pride because it's self and so when that happens I want you to look at Matthew twenty four twenty four, and it says that in the last days uh, false Christ and false prophets will rise and show great signs and wonders to deceive if possible even the elect. Now, those great signs and wonders, I used to think would be like, uh, and, and they could be this, healings and things that would make people follow after them. But there's a, a lot of the, the whole community of the world today is convince me with your knowledge of what is right and wrong. And so the signs and wonders are not necessarily spiritual signs and wonders but they are things that tell people i'm going to make it all right for you everybody say that's a sign and a wonder but that's what the world is becoming we're going to make it all right for you everybody say that's false 
See, that's a false thought. Nobody is going to make it all right for us. It's the same as we're having a big sale. Do you know no store is putting things on sale to help you? That's deception. That is deception. They are putting them on sale to entice you or influence you to participate in what they've told you it is. And the prices that now I think days they put on them, in fact, some are being sued, Macy's I think one of them, that they put the price on there that that isn't even a price because immediately it's marked down to a much lower price. See, when deception begins to happen, it's because of needy, needy, needy people who want more, who want more of this or more of that, whatever the need is. This is the definition, not having enough money, food, etc., to live properly, needing a lot of attention, affection, or emotional support. See, that's in another whole arena. Being in want or just any kind of thing that is about me. And I believe we see that in our world. So now we are prime candidates, even as the elect, even as the church, to want more. How many of you, you know, I want more. I, I want more money to give to the poor. But we can never want more outside of what God has told us that he wants us to have. Because my God shall supply all my need according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. So as I begin to prepare this, First Peter 5, 8, and most of you in this service know this, uh, in the second service, we have a lot of new people, and they're not aware, I don't think, of some of the things that are happening. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, everybody say the devil, walks about like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. In Revelations 12, it says this about the devil, and it, it gives a full description. It says the great dragon, that would have been the devil, was cast out, that serpent of old. Everybody say serpent. Serpent of old called the, what's he called? The devil. Our fight is not with people, but with powers and principalities. And powers and principalities are ruled by the demonic world, and the devil is the leader of that world. And Satan who deceives the whole world. Everybody say deceives. He deceives the whole world. That's the definition of who he is, what he does. And in the church, we've been given the word of God to be able to know what is good and what is evil by the voice of the Holy Spirit, but also by the word of God. In fact, that's the main, the word of God, the written word of God is what we judge things by we don't judge people but we judge what people are saying can i say that again see because i've heard people say well no you know that's just judging no i'm not judging the person i'm judging what they're saying and it does not line up with the truth of the word of god we are called to be righteous judge a righteous judge means that you're judging according to the word of god and so it isn't against the things of God to judge what somebody is saying or the actions. You know, when we say uh, that children will often say, well, you know, you didn't you don't really love me because you spanked me or you you told me no. You know, we're not we're not upset with who they are as a person, but we are judging their actions and saying there will be discipline for those actions. Does that make sense? Well, there's a whole bunch of people out there today saying a whole bunch of things that are not true. They are a lie. 
And so he was the great dragon. He was thrown out of heaven because of pride. He wanted to be just like God. He wanted all of God's honor, all of God's glory. He wanted, he wanted to be the most supreme being. He's wanted to be that from the very beginning. If you go back to Eve, which I'm out of my notes in order here, but Genesis 3, 1 through 6, this is, this is who he was in the beginning, and this is who he is today. Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever, but the enemy is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Now, the serpent, we just were identifying him in Revelations, was more cunning than any beast of the field which the Lord God has made. And he said to the woman, has God indeed said, you shall not eat of every tree of the garden? She said, you just can roll it on down. And the woman said to the serpent, we may eat the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the tree of the fruit of the tree, which is in the midst of the garden, God has said, you shall not eat it, nor shall you touch it, lest you die. Now, her response, then the serpent said to the woman, you shall not surely die. That was his response. For God knows that in the day you eat of it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like who did he want to be like in the beginning? God. So now he has taken who he is, and he's come for the creation of God, woman and man. He was after both of them. He got them. And knowing good and evil. Now, look at the next. So the woman saw that the tree was good for food, that it was pleasant to the eyes, and the tree desirable to make one wise. Everybody say, needy seed. See, she went after, she sowed a seed for her need into a lie. She sowed it into a lie. Why? Because she is saying right there, I want to be as wise as God. Because he is saying, you, 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 you can be just like God. That's what he wanted to be. And in this situation, that's the same temptation he gave her. You know, when I listen to all the people who are talking, who are running for office, and I'm, I'm, you know, I, I listen, but I listen to what the Spirit of God is saying, not what they're saying. I listen to what they're saying to judge if what they're saying is true. And then I listen to the Spirit of God because sometimes we only can know what God wants by the Spirit. Can I say that again? You may not know by what somebody's saying, but you can know the heart of someone because God will show you. God will show you what's really in the heart of that person. God knows the heart that he can change. God knows the heart that is hardened that will not change. He knows the heart that is deceived. Everybody say deceived. Now, deceived, again, when someone gets deceived, they no longer believe truth. They believe the lie because that's exactly what deception is. Deception is when you have taken a truth and the lie has become the truth. All of these questions have one answer, deception. Webster defines, defines deceived as to believe what is false or invalid to be true or valid, to be misled or to be ensnared. He defines deceive, deceive as to deliberately misrepresent facts by works or actions in order to further one's own interest. Other words that, that are related, beguile, to entice a prospect by giving them promises of gaining something for going along with the plan or action. All of these are rooted in pride, the very beginning of pride. Now, pride doesn't start out there. It starts in here. 
It starts in the heart of man. And uh, in Obadiah, I didn't give you this scripture up there, but it says in Obadiah 3, the pride of your own heart has deceived you. And I want to talk about self-deception a little bit today because all of us in whatever walk we're in are subject to be deceived. Uh, I remember a time in my life where I, I believed a lie. Now, it says in John 8, 44, that Satan can only lie. That's what Jesus said. He said the only thing he can say is a lie because he is a liar. He is the father of lies. And so, you know, anything the enemy's saying is a lie. But we hear all the things that are out there. You know, that's why Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice and the voice of a stranger they will not follow what he was saying was there's going to be all kinds of voices but the voice if you know my voice that's the voice that you're to follow so deception comes when we start listening to the strange ranger and the strange ranger always appeals to what you want he always appeals to what you think you need he always appeals to, to those things in a lot of situations that have to do with what God's promised you. And in my situation, when, I, when the enemy really got a hold of me and almost for a year took me down the wrong road, was when I was a single mom, I was divorced, I was living in Tulsa, and I ran into a group of women who were believing to get their ex-husbands back. They had scriptures, they had a whole manual on how to do it even if they were already married to somebody else. Yeah. Well, I had three children. I knew I had failed. God had not healed me, and all I wanted to do was make it right. So I had a need. I was really needy in that. And I had three children who reminded me every day that we didn't have enough because, you know, we, were, we didn't have a lot. And, and it was true. And I thought, well... You know, if I could just get back in that situation, there's plenty of money there to take care of us. There's plenty of things there that we could have. And so, you know, I thought, well, maybe this is God sending these women to get me to believe that my ex-husband's going to leave his new wife and he's going to come back and he's going to help me raise these children. Now, I knew God wanted my children to, I, I knew it's God's will for children to have two parents, a male and a female a man and a woman. And so the enemy just took, all, they got all these scriptures. I don't have them here today, but man, she had a book and, and I got the book and I'm reading that book. But you know what? Something inside saying this is just quacky. But, you know, I was a quacky myself. So, you know, how was I to know which I had no, nothing to discern or know. I had no standard deep enough in me to know it was wrong. But, in that year, God began to really put me in the word and I began to read the word. And it was like, th this isn't right. You know, this something isn't right. I didn't know what wasn't right, but I knew in my heart what was happening. My spirit was rising up on the inside. This is not right. And so in the end, a good friend that I had led to the Lord and helped them with their marriage came one day, knocked on my door and said, God told me to come and tell you I believed a lie. Well, you know, it just crushed me at the time because, you know, you think you're trying to hear from God and somebody shows up and says, what you've been believing is a lie. Well, then what happens to your foundation? Are you getting this? I'm just telling you this is how the devil works. And so it took me a while to recoup from that. But it was like when he said that, it was like inside of me, that's truth. 
I can't tell you, it wasn't like, you know, anybody spoke it, but in my spirit, there was something that said, that's the truth. You're believing a lie. Stop. And I stopped associating with those people, and I moved on with my life. Another time, that same thing happened just before God brought Pastor Bill into my life. And, and it was in a situation where my ex-husband had offered to do some things, help me with the house, do some things that really I could just feel myself going that way thinking, my kids really need this house. You know, uh, it would really be good if their dad could be involved in their lives and all this stuff. And I was a Christian, you know, so I'm wanting the very best for my kids. I'm, I'm, fo- I'm starting to follow this thing. And I felt like God said, stop. And it was the longest weekend in my life. I felt like I went to Calvary <laughs> and back. <laughs> I mean, I cried. I laid on the floor and cried because I wanted so bad to say, yes, it's okay. I can do this. But it wasn't God. It was not God. He was still married to the other lady. It would have been a huge mess. But who would have been snared was me again. And God knew that. And so I went through the whole weekend, and God said, go and tell them. You can choose that, or you can follow me. It's your choice. God always gives you a choice. But at least I had revelation. And I knew it wasn't the right thing to do. But I wanted to do it. But I didn't want to do it so much for me. I wanted to do it for my kids. See, the devil will find a place where you're weak. He will find a place where you're needy, where you're needy. And that was my greatest need was that my kids had a dad. I don't know why, but that, you know, I had a wonderful dad, I guess. And I thought it was my fault, and it was partly my fault. The devil got in there and did things. But I started following after that needy thing again. And as soon as I started following it, God really brought me back. And it was a battle between me and just my will to not want to do what I knew God was saying. But I said no. And six weeks later, the handsome guy down here on the end called me, had our first date on Valentine's Day, married me, and he married all of us. And we had a house, hallelujah. And we had a lot better than what we would have had. And all the lives that would have been torn up had I gone after that thing that looked like it was right in thinking, well, yes, it would be good for those children to be raised by their father. But over time, I've seen that the best thing for my children was the man sitting over here on the end of the... Amen? So, deception can find a place through a needy thing. I could have sown that seed, right, that need, right into him, into that situation, and I would have been right back where I was in the very beginning, even after God had spared me and pulled me out of that place. Today, that's what the enemy's doing to people. And we've counseled over the years... We've been in this 30-some years, and I want to tell you, the devil has no new tricks. If he wants to seduce a man, he puts some real shapely, beautiful girl who bats her eyes and, you know, just gets too close. If he wants to capture a woman, he finds her somebody to talk to. (laughs) So there you go. That's counseling 101. Women don't talk to a man who loves to talk to you. Just talk to your husband. And I know they don't have a lot of words if you're married to them. (laughs) Find you a girlfriend, hallelujah, that you can talk to. But not a man. And men, if you see some good-looking lady who walks by, don't look. Say, that's impossible. No, it's not. God said he would give you a love for the right woman. Amen? That's how deception starts. That needy, needy, I need a husband. Is that the one? 
Is that the one? You get that needy thing operating, you'll find something, but it won't be the right thing. Amen? It's a needy seed that we sow, even in our thoughts. It starts with the thought, you know, people don't get deceived overnight. It doesn't happen just like that. It has these four things. If you pursue the Lord in the word, those needy seeds won't be able to operate. He will convict you. The Holy Spirit will convict. He won't condemn you because God made us. He needed, he made us to have needs, but our needs are to be met according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. And that's the way they're really fulfilled in daily prayer time. Uh, I talked to a lady years ago. <clears throat> I'm way off my message, but I feel like the Holy Spirit's having me tell you these things. And uh, there was a, a pastor in Tulsa and, uh, and he had a, his church just exploded, just exploded with people. But in the midst of that explosion, somehow he got involved counseling a woman and ended up in an affair. And it was going on for quite a while before God really blew it up in the place. But what was the first indication was a friend of mine that was in Tulsa, I was on staff with her. She was in that church. And she said, I knew there was a problem when he wouldn't come to prayer. Because he always loved to pray. And we had prayer meetings. In the beginning, he would come. But then he started not being the one to lead it. When you pray and you begin to pray, we're going to pray tonight, by the way, but if you don't come, we won't think you're deceived. But I'm just telling you right now, just want to clarify that before we start. But deception will not go to a prayer meeting because when you get in prayer and praise, the spirit of God inhabits the praises of his people. And when the prayer starts, the demons say, we're not coming. We're not coming to that meeting. You know, I have a cold. I just got it this afternoon at 2 o'clock. You know, and prayers, at, it's, it's like that. It, it is that, you know, that's how the enemy begins deception. He begins to isolate and pull the person away with those thoughts. Because in the presence of God, deception is found. It is, it, a light comes on. And if you're a believer, until you harden your heart, which a lot of people do, that's why we have the mess we have today in the church believing uh, the stuff with transgender and all these things that are going on, abortion, preaching, putting people in the pulpit who believe that. That is people who have become deceived. They took a small thing and they began to finally harden their heart enough that they could stand and say those things. But where that is, there is no presence of God. There will not be the anointing. And that's why those power plants that this lady talked about, she knew, God knew, in the last days, there will be churches. There will be people who are deceived. It says that even the elect, the very elect, it will be possible for them to be deceived. And we're seeing the manifestation of that today. You know, the, the thing with transgender, we need to really be praying, church. This is serious. It used to be when I grew up, if a boy walked in the girl's bathroom, he was expelled from school oh you got kicked out oh dan well we won't go into that i was an accident it was accident i'm sure dan yeah 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 well praise the lord well bill my husband pastor bill said pastor we may have to not use this tape for the for the this is the home group here i'll do better next time um Never mind, Heather. I'll do better next time. Um, Pastor Bill said to me, every young boy in school is going to claim that they belong in the other shower. And I could believe that. 
and every girl is going to pass out. See, the devil is working, and he's using our government. Who would have ever thought that this could happen to us in the United States of America? I see it overseas because a lot of these things have been accepted over there for years, but not in the United States. See, we have let go of our moral compass totally in the United States, but it's due to deception. See, and as the church, we're the ones who are able to determine there's deception, but you have to catch it in the beginning while there's still enough uh, in the spirit of the person to wake up and say, "Uh uh-oh, like what happened with me? Enough of the word in me that it woke me up, or I could have followed that lie and still be following that lie today, just like these people are following the lie that they're in. Eve was deceived, and it came from self-seeking. James three sixteen says, where there's self-seeking, there is confusion and every evil work. And it says this is demonic wisdom. This is not the wisdom of God. So when you have a self-seeking uh, community of people, and they begin to seek after what they want rather than what God says, then that need in them begins to sow seeds that then eventually produce a harvest of what we have right now. What we are seeing now is the harvest. We're not seeing the seeds. The seeds have already been sown. What we're seeing is a harvest of seeds that have been sown over time. So, you know, I think of all of our children that are in public school. Thank God for Christian schools, but not everybody's in one. Think of the number of young people. You know, I know sometimes we can think, well, our kids are okay. But what about all those other kids? You know, there's going to be a lot more of them than there's going to be of us. And so we have to begin to take a stand for those that aren't even ours. I'm thinking of marching around schools and praying in the spirit. I just, I just you know, it's just like, do something. You know, God, what do we do? What do we do? It, it, it's an urgency in the spirit to begin to pray because deception can be taken out. It can be taken out by prayer. It can be taken out by praise. Tonight, we're going to worship a lot in this time we have tonight. And then in June, we're going to start having a Monday night intercessory. Uh, Not on Sunday nights, but on Monday nights every week. Every week, we'll put the time in the bulletin. Pastor Bill and I will be leading that. And we are going to intercede for what's about to happen. This is an election year, and we are the elect. And so we're going to run for, run for our lives in this thing and defeat the devil. We're going to run like the presidents and, or the people running for president or giving their speeches. We're going to give ours, but we're going to do it in prayer. We're going to do it in a way where we have power and authority, and we're going to obey the word of God. And I believe God will honor people who pray. I believe God will honor people who stand because deception must be stopped. 2 Timothy three thirteen. this is how you stay out of deception. And... Uh, I need to finish Second uh, Timothy. I don't know. Lord, thank you, but I just, I might have got a little carried away. <laughs> but it's the truth. It's the truth, and there is an urgency. There is an urgency. The devil is lying all over trying to destroy. He's trying to destroy kids. He's trying to destroy parents, marriages, homes. He's trying to take the whole thing out, bringing up stuff that the enemy is bringing up for one reason and one reason only, to kill, to steal, and destroy. And it, you know, his days are done. Uh, this is what it says. Verse 13 
of Second uh, Timothy 3. Of course, we know that's the, tr- the chapter that says there will be perilous times. But it, the whole thing is based on the premise of self. So self-deception is huge here. It says be a doer with the word, not just a hearer only, or you will deceive yourselves. And this is what it says. Men will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient parents, unthankful, unholy, unloving, unforgiving, slanders without self-control, brutal, despisers of good, traitors, headstrong, haughty lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying its power. That's what God's going to release is his power. But evil men, verse 13, and imposters will grow worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. We've got people deceiving people because they're deceived, and now they're deceiving the people that they have influence over. But you, that's us, the believers, must continue in the things which you have learned and been assured of, knowing from whom you have learned them, and that from childhood you have known the Holy Scriptures, which are able to make you wise What was the thing that caused Eve to go after that fruit? She wanted to be wise. She wanted to be. People are looking for somebody who's wise, who's going to have the answer. Jesus is the answer. And so it says here, the Holy Scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. All Scripture is given by the inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction. Everybody say correction. People who cannot be corrected are prime candidates for deception because they have already decided, I, I know what I know, and I know more than you know. So I have no need of you telling me what I need to know. That's, that's what's happening to the body of Christ in a lot of situations, that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. Bottom line, who meets your needs? Jesus. Yeah. My, my God shall supply all your need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. We are not going to sow needy seeds. The church is going to be the church that rises up, that when we have a need, we call on the Lord. He shows up, and everybody knows it was him. Amen? It's not going to come from man. It's not going to come from a woman. It's going to come from the Spirit of God. Let's stand today.